Hey, what's up, folks? This is Tony Brewer. You're listening to or watching as the case may be. Cogitations. Cogitations is the podcast where we think about things, we contemplate them, we turn them over in our minds, and then we discuss them. Daniel chapter 7, verse 28, Daniel writes, Hitherto is the end of the matter. As for me, Daniel, my cogitations much troubled me, my countenance changed in me, but I kept the matter in my heart. We're not going to keep the matter in our heart. We're going to talk about it. Today, we're going to talk about whether or not Christians should use means. So we're going to talk about whether or not Christians should use means. Now, notice I said should. If you've been listening to me to any length of, in any length of time or any amount of time on cogitations or Christianity now or back in the day whenever I did the Life and Godliness podcast, you know that we don't deal with should and should nots. We deal with is and is nots. But there's exceptions to every rule. Is and is not, that's where God is legislated. Should and should not is matters or are, I guess, matters of judgment, matters of particular scruple, expediency. Now, the particular command that we need to worry whether or not we are able to expedite by our actions is the command to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. This is the Great Commission. Do our actions ultimately expedite or impede our carrying out of that command? And that's kind of what we're talking about today. So it's not going to be much in the realm of is and is not. I mean, we are going to talk about what a meme is, where we got the idea of memes, but we're going to talk a lot about should and should not. I guess that's all I'm going to say about that. It's good to see everybody. Terry Crooks, John Exum, and Sheila Cole. I really appreciate your being here. Uh, folks are coming in. As you're coming in, remember, uh, especially if you're watching on YouTube, like the stream on YouTube, subscribe, hit the notification bell. And if you share the stream from YouTube to your social media platform, that would be awesome, and we really appreciate that. Now, uh, don't forget our Substack. And before we get into the meat of our podcast, we are going to hear a word from our sponsor, Lindsay Dotson at lindsayfaydotson at gmail.com. Notice in the bottom uh, third there, her contact information. Are you part of a church congregation seeking effective ways to spread the word about your event? Well, look no further. Lindsay Dotson specializes in designing modern advertisements for churches. Whether it's flyers, postcards, or social media graphics, Lindsay has got you covered. Reach out through a private message on Facebook or send an email to lindsayfaydotson at gmail.com for more details. Don't miss this opportunity to make your message resonate far and wide. Contact Lindsay Faye Dotson at lindsayfaydotson at gmail.com today. And we appreciate her and thank her for uh, supporting the show. And here's the tip jar. The only reason I put this up, because people ask me to, a lot of folks will send a few dollars to say, hey, thanks for the topic or what have you. I don't call your name because I figure you want to remain anonymous, and I've said this a few times, and nobody's ever communicated otherwise. There's also www.buymeacoffee.com forward slash Christianity now and www.patreon.com forward slash Christianity now. Those links are in the show notes. 
Those of you who like to give in that way know what those are. I didn't do any member-exclusive content last week because I had the flu, and uh, we're going to double down on that, hopefully, this week. And, uh, yeah, that's all I've got. Let's get into the podcast. Um, let me go to the chat. All right. So what 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 prompted this? Well, I see... I see a lot of times different memes. And before we get into the show notes uh, or the show map, I, what I mean by meme is everybody knows what I'm talking about. Little snippets, uh, pictures with messages. They're short to the point. Some of them are humorous. Some of them are indicting. And uh, yeah, so I see them all the time. They typically get a lot of traffic. The reason I'm putting this out here today is because I see them do a lot of damage. And I see people share them and they don't consider things from all sides. Humans, by nature, are egocentric. In other words, I think this way and I feel this way. Therefore, everybody else must think and feel this way and have the same values and, and sense of, of, of value that I have. The problem is that's not the case. Humans are by nature, uh, while they're egocentric, they're also multifaceted. Uh, they're, they're nebulous in their, in, in the way they, uh, interact with things. They're not a whole lot of hard lines, black and white issues and memes, um, quite frankly, cause a lot of problems. So we're going to talk a little bit about that today. Uh, some memes are offensive on those. No, I see, I see some on religion. Even if true, some are such rude and blast a particular error or belief that if I believe that way, I'd never study the subject after being assaulted by a meme being sincere in my error. That's it. Yeah, that that's a good. That's something good to consider. And uh, Brian Allen, good morning, and good morning, Robert Leedy. It's good to see you. So I do have uh, the culprit, the the one meme that really that really uh, caused me to do this podcast today, and that's this one right here. When people dressed for church like they were going to see Jesus, I've already done a podcast and a live stream. Well, I did a I didn't do a live stream. I did a video that I premiered as a live stream. Um, it's on my YouTube channel. You can go, or it's on our YouTube channel. You can go check that out at Christianity Now Streams. But I, I, I discussed the, the message of that meme. But let me tell you something. That meme is causing some division. As well it should because the topic is more nuanced and more abstract than that meme is able to deal with. So what happens is you have that meme. Some people share that meme and they're just like, hey, I think Christians ought to be uh, cognizant of what they wear and purposeful about what they wear. And I think that every culture on the face of the planet throughout all history shows respect through what they wear. So maybe Christians ought to think more about this. Folks, that's a good message. But then other people, they look at that meme and they look at it from a particular uh, or it's a different perspective. And they feel indicted like, well, I don't wear a three-piece suit. I don't look like the people in the meme, or I don't look like the people in, or excuse me, I don't dress like the people in the meme. I don't look like the people in the meme. 
And, you know, I'm, I, I, I dress up for church, but I wear a, a three button polo shirt with a pair of khaki pants. Do I think I'm not going to see Jesus? Or are you insinuating that when I dress that way, I'm unable to see Jesus? So it causes problems. Why? Because the meme is not adequately complex enough in the truth that it does mimic, and I'm going to have to get into that in a minute, uh, then it, it it's going to cause problems because it's not going to adequately represent a nuanced and multifaceted issue, and it's going to cause division. Now, I will tell you this. I keep this meme right here. I, uh, I keep it right in the right in the queue. The heart is deceitful above all things, Jeremiah 17, 10. Now, I'm going to tell you this right here. That's just a verse. And I can share that meme with a little note about how we don't need to follow our hearts or we don't need to let how we feel be our guide to all things. But I even think something like this meme that's on the screen right now, the heart is deceitful above all things, Jeremiah 17, 9, I don't even think that you need to share that with no commentary. That's the thing. Uh, memes need to, you need to, when you share memes, you need to kind of, you need to kind of add some commentary to it unless it's a meme that is so general and so broad that it, you've thought about it from all aspects and it's not, and it's going to cause the least amount of offense as possible. Uh, for instance, uh, a meme with a positive message a meme with a general message. You know, um, I've, I've really, uh, I've employed chat GPT and some of my content creation because I want to reach a broader audience than just members of the church of Christ. Why do I do that? Well, the, the, the members of the church of Christ have an esoteric vocabulary. So what I'll do is I'll write a, a very short paragraph about something and then I'll let chat GPT change it. And it removes from my paragraph, this esoteric jargon from the church of Christ. And it makes my message. It keeps the truth of the message, but it allows for a broader audience. And I'm not going to share a screenshot or anything like that, but I just did a, I just did a, a one of these in the we talk truth excuse me, in the uh, Christianity Now Facebook group uh, commenting on a video from Jordan Peterson. I wrote a paragraph that was my, it's my thoughts, it's my words, but then when I let ChatGPT kind of edit it and, and transform it, it sounds like something that you would see from just about anybody in Christendom. Now, I wouldn't do that if we're talking about you know, eschatological doctrine. I wouldn't do that about the doctrine of salvation or something like that. But my point is we need to understand that whenever we're on social media, we are broadcasting. I think we've lost that idea. Memes are really, really good for broadcasting. But I think what some of my brethren try to do in the Lord's church is we use memes or digital evangelism, social media, for row cropping. And how do you, what do I mean by that? Well, if I'm, if I'm broadcast spreading seed, I just take a big old handful of seed and I throw it out and whatever sticks, sticks. 
Well, you can only do that with the with the with the high notes, as it were. You can only do that with things like, hey, listen, did you know that Jesus died for your sins? That'd make a really good meme. That's broad enough that it that that the meme can have one or two lines and it can be effective. Now you can make a meme, for instance, and to, to be like, hey, did you know that if you've ever violated the law of God, you're in sin and there's no, and, and Jesus died, so you won't have to be guilty of that sin. So you could make a picture and a meme with that, with that truth. And then you could post it, but in your, in your post, you could make some commentary, be like, you know, look, Jesus died for your sins. And there's a really easy way uh, to take advantage of Well, hold on a second. My computer was trying to restart. <laughs> I don't want it to restart. Um, you can you can share that meme and you can make some commentary. And you can be more specific in your commentary, but the meme gets people's attention. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Anyway, so should Christians use memes? You should be very, very careful when you use them. I think some people shouldn't because they just can't discern what's good and what's not good. Uh, Sheila Cole's commenting on the meme about the dressing for church. Uh, some people don't don't have nor can't afford dress clothes. God wants their soul, not their clothes. I was offended by that particular meme. Yeah, I mean, I get it. Um, I don't personally see what the big controversy is because the meme shouldn't be offensive. If, if everybody is doing what they're supposed to do and, and being what they're supposed to be, a Christian sh any Christian should be able to look at that meme and not read into it more than what is there. And the only thing that is there is, hey, the person that shares the meme likes the good old days because, quite frankly, I don't buy the excuse. Well, some people just can't afford to dress up. That's wrong. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's delusional. It's naive. It's egocentric. And it doesn't matter how poor you are. You, you can have a different set of clothing or you can take more time with your clothing to go to church than you do other days. Even if you're wearing the same clothing, you know, there were days on the horse for me. I don't want to get into this idea about what you wear to church, but whenever I was training horses, I would go on Sunday morning and I would feed, and sometimes it would be very inclement weather, and sometimes I would run into problems because horses are idiots, and I would have to lead singing and stuff on Sunday morning worship or wait on the table. There had been plenty of times where I have walked up the steps going into the Mount Zion Church of Christ, and I've pulled my horseshoes, my horseshoes, my horse uh, boots that I used for the barn and left them outside on the front porch. And I've rolled my, the cuffs of my pants up and in a, in a button down flannel shirt and my barn clothes and a pair of sock feet, I've waited on the Lord's table or I've led singing, but they understood that. And that wasn't the norm. In other words, when I, when something didn't happen, my goal was to get back home and to change out of my barn clothes and change out of some more decent and change into some more decent clothes. 
you can go to the dirt floor shacks of the people of Appalachia, and those people, whenever it comes time Sunday go to meeting, granted they might be threadbare, they might be ragged, they might not fit well, but they have Sunday go to meeting clothes. And the reason they do is because they feel that it's important. I think I was offended because I actually heard a sister making fun of a sweater a visitor was wearing, and he heard he heard it and he looked humiliated. I tried to welcome him as best I could, but he was never seen again. Fair enough. Now that so that that doesn't have anything to do with the meme though. So I get it. You know, it's and again I don't want to I don't want to belabor this point, but but you but now I've said my piece on that. Let me let me. Let me swig my coffee. My voice still isn't 100%. Mm. All right, let me get in here where I got some notes. I want to do this a little bit organized without it being cookie cutter and without me reading an article. Um, First off, these memes are widely recognized as pieces of media, and they're often humorous. We're not talking about the funny ones. Uh, I love a good funny meme. Uh, but again, now if you're a Christian, you're sharing, if you're, sh- if you're sharing memes that are funny, but yet they're crude, like you, you gotta be careful with that. And you know, you do, but that's not what I'm talking about today. I'm talking about using memes to spread the gospel, to teach Bible truths. Um, so a meme will spread rapidly through the internet. Uh, they're a popular means of communicating ideas, including spiritual truths. And their effectiveness in conveying messages of God's word can vary greatly depending on several factors. And that's what we want to talk about today. First off, what is a meme? The, a meme is, in the context of internet culture, is just a piece of media. Uh, again, it can be humorous, but it spreads rapidly online, and it often involves a recognizable image or video with varied text that pertains to different contexts while relating to the core Joker message. All right. So for instance, um, this, this meme here, um, the heart notice it's, it's visually captivating. In other words, if you were scrolling, um, everybody's drawn to an image of a heart. So there's an image of a heart. The heart is in the image of the heart. And then it's black and, and, and beige in color but then is deceitful above all things. So this is visually captivating and people will, I mean, look, the heart is deceitful above all things. Everybody understands that and everybody will assimilate it in different ways. And this is a very clickable, shareable meme. And it's designed to get people thinking, which is good. It's good. Um, Yet John Exum says, maybe asking what do you mean by this meme would help avoid division from memes. Just something, it is just, uh, sometimes it's just a misunderstanding of what one means. Well, that's that's the thing. Um, the, the problem with memes is that we, we don't, we haven't been using memes to communicate long enough to have a, a, a default um assumption of meaning okay let me let me explain what i mean by that we have been using words long enough in communication 
that there is an agreed upon unspoken assumption of definition of terms whenever two people com- conversate, when two people have a conversation in good faith. For instance, John Exum and I, if we were talking with one another, uh, we would have a good faith conversation in which he and I both would assume a definition of terms that is the uh, most gracious and and assumes the best in the individual. So if I said something like, well, I just, you know what? I, I'm trying to think of a good example. Um, I can't think of a good example, quite frankly. Um, but I, I, I'm hoping everybody would understand what I mean by that. And, and you, you also understand that if you're having a bad faith, con- if somebody is, if you're having a bad faith conversation with someone, I'm not saying that you're 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 operating in bad faith, but but the person with whom you're talking is operating in bad faith. If the person with whom you're uh, uh, talking is operating in bad faith, they are going to equivocate. They're going to interpret what you say in the worst possible light. Um, I'm trying to think of uh, the Jordan Peterson interview with Kathy Newman, and Jordan Peterson would say, "Well, you know." Um, there, there is a, a disparity in income between males and females, but it's not associated. It's, it's not. It's not based on gender only. Uh, women, by nature, whenever all things are purely egalitarian, the way they are in some of the the Norwegian countries, they have found that women gravitate towards uh, less profitable careers than men. And then Kathy Newman would say, oh, so what you're saying is there's no, that it's okay for women to make less because there's just in their nature and they don't deserve as much as a man. Like, no, I'm not saying that at all. Well, that's a bad faith conversation. You see, if, if we're operating in good faith, you know me well enough to know that if I say something that makes it sound like I'm to you, like I'm saying something really, really bad, you run that through the filter of what you know of me. The problem is we have not, as a species, been communicating with memes, participating in mimetic communication long enough to have a shorthand, uh, uh, long enough to have an agreed-upon uh, definition of, of 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 meme that is equivalent to uh, what we have in our conversations. So, like for instance, with the one with the meme about what we wear to church, we don't have the the necessary infrastructure in our psyche to look at that and immediately interpret it in the best possible light. So what happens most of the time? Well, you interpret it in the worst possible light. And that's where the division happens. Memes are kind of like uh, board books for adults. They mean something different to everyone who reads them. Sadly, that is the case. And that's why John made the comment, uh, maybe asking, what do you mean by this meme? And I don't even know if that would be adequate. I don't even know if that would be good. Uh, Because... Very rarely, if you're operating in good faith, will someone ever have to ask you, what do you mean by what you said? Because you just run it through the filter and you and you uh, interpret it 
in the best possible light, and then you assume the interpretation based off of good faith. Uh, we just need to extend that to memes. You know, in the video that I did about this one about dressing for church, my I, I said something pretty bold, which is 99.9, or I said 99 times out of 100, the meme ain't about you. And we need to just, I mean, we kind of need to observe the Passover on some of this stuff. So a meme, uh, the word meme was coined by Richard Dawkins, I think in the 70s, an evolutionary biologist. And he used it as a way, uh, he used the word meme to describe the phenomenon, phenomenon of how information is spread from person to person throughout a culture the same way genetic information is spread through biological means, means, not memes, <laughs> biological means. Um, for instance, uh, notice like in Toronto in 2020, as I was bicycling, like you could see all of the people and, and all of the people wearing the same kind of fashion. And uh, you can see that throughout, well, throughout history, you can see it throughout the time that you've been alive, you see fashion trends wax and wane and stuff like that. And that's why like there are things that are ubiquitous in the world and culture. Like for instance, uh, dinosaur lore, dragon lore rather is ubiquitous throughout all culture at all time. And there's some, there's some things that you can take from that. So art mimics reality. That's what the word meme comes from. It comes from the Greek term for mimic and, and uh, mimetic is the way you describe something that is uh, carries the attributes of mimicry. So like for instance, um, the fashion is mimetic. You uh, see somebody that is a trend setter. And so people mimic that person. That means that, in the 90s, whenever all these boys, these skate kids were wearing these big parachute pants that were just voluminous, voluminous uh, in, in their pant legs and stuff, they were mimicking some influence or somewhere that started that. So that, that would have been a meme. A meme of the 90s is, and you just picture this 90s skate kid. So that that's where it comes from. It's, 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 a meme only works when it's mimicking a real life phenomenon. All right. So that that's why you have memes. That's why they're called memes. So what, how, how does that relate to sharing spiritual truths? Do you remember the, there's a, there's a meme where, there's a little kid and he looks like he's from Ethiopia or some other country in Africa. And he's doing this number and tapping his chin. Like, like you mean to tell me, and that's gotten a lot of use in Christendom. One of which is my brethren used it for baptism. You mean to tell me that faith alone saves whenever first Peter three twenty one says baptism saves us. So that, that, that meme that's a picture of something that happened in real life of that kid doing this and being thoughtful. And then we take that and we use that to, 
to we use that meme to convey a biblical truth. Um, anyway, so hold on just a second. Let me I, I, let me get back to my notes here. I'm 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 messing up. Well, I thought for sure. Oh, yeah, right here. All right. We'll get this. Let me, let me read this. I'm going to read this so I don't mess it up. Memes uh, initially conceptualized by Richard Dawkins. I talked about that. 1976 is the date. The book in which he used the term, the book is called The Selfish Gene. The Selfish Gene. And memes were described as cultural elements that spread and evolve, much like genes do in biology. Today, these digital snippets, images, videos, and text rapidly circulate, bringing humor and, and commentary into the daily lives of millions. All right. So memes in their current form, they represent a significant shift from Dawkins' original concept and once broad cultural uh once broad cultural imitations, <coughs> they now have become a compact digital phenomenon. Their prevalence in digital culture stems from their simplicity and relatability combined with the ease of sharing and modifying them into various platforms. Um, so let's talk about spiritual, spiritual memes and, the intersection of memes with religious teaching, folks, it mirrors what Jesus said about why he taught in parables. Let's go to Matthew chapter 13. And um, I really enjoy this uh, section of scripture. But Matthew chapter 13, starting in verse 10. And we're going to read through. Eh, we'll just read a little bit. And the disciples came and said unto him, why speakest thou unto them in parables? He answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them it is not given, for whosoever hath to him shall be given, and he shall have more abundance. But whosoever hath not from him shall be taken away, even that he hath. Therefore speak I unto them in parables. Why? Because seeing they see not, hearing they hear not, neither do they understand. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which saith, by hearing you shall hear and shall not understand, and seeing you shall see and shall not perceive. For this people's heart is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, and should understand with their heart, and they should be converted, and I should heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. So why was the apostles' eyes blessed? Well, why were the apostles blessed? Because, well, their eyes could see and their ears could hear. But the idea there is their eyes could see and their ears could hear on another level. In other words, they didn't listen to a parable of Jesus and just think on the surface. Whenever Jesus taught about the parable of the sower, they tried their best to suss out the deeper spiritual meaning. Folks, that's one way that you can guard against being offensive with memes and being offended by memes. Don't just look on the surface. Look for the deeper, deeper spiritual meaning and look for the deeper spiritual meaning 
that shines the most positive light on the meme in question and the person sharing the meme. You'll be a lot less offended and you may help somebody see the truth of what somebody else is trying to do. So Jesus used these parables to convey complex spiritual truths in simple, relatable stories. In a similar way, memes distill profound ideas into digestible and often humorous content or context, and it makes spirituality more approachable. The book of Proverbs also, with its concise and impactful wisdom, can be likened to the nature of memes, offering quick, digestible truth. Proverbs 28.1, the wicked flee when no man pursue, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. Now, you could take that verse, and that's, that verse is so memeable. All right? So what you could do is you could take a meme and have two, have it divided into two frames, and you could have uh, one person uh, con- looking like, they, like they're timid and they know they're wrong, and so they're running from, uh, let's say, something as harmless as a field mouse. Or then you could have, and then you could have another person who is broad-shouldered, thin waist, chest out, shoulders back, and even something as dangerous as like a wildebeest or a hippopotamus or something like that's coming at him, and he's just standing firm. The wicked flee when no man pursues, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. You know, again. It's it's memeable. That that is a meme. That's mimetic in nature. Uh, Proverbs twenty eight one is mimetic in nature. All right. So we we can see then how they're used and how they're intended to be used. It's kind of like a way to bridge the gap between people who would not be interested in learning anything such as profound spiritual truths and people who would. You bridge that gap. So. What about the benefits? Well, memes are accessible and engaging. They serve as modern-day parables, as I said, uh, particularly, folks, amongst younger audiences. They provide a familiar format to engage with spiritual concepts. Jesus used common scenarios in his parables. Furthermore, they can foster community and dialogue about faith akin to the early Christian communities who shared and discussed their faith. And, and we see in Acts chapter 2 that these people, they, were in, they, they met house to house. They uh, had everything in common. The sword and the pearl, good to see you on this uh, live stream. Glad you're here. So like I said, they, it can not only can bridge the gap between people who would be open to and against spiritual faith, uh, conversations about faith, but uh, the benefits of these memes are they're, they're accessible, they're engaging, and it's a way to get the conversation started between to bridge the gap between, let's say, the generations. I think about the, uh, the Disney show Shrek 3, and Shrek is trying to, uh, trying to start a conversation with this teenager, and the teenager... Uh, sarcastically goes, oh, help, there's this big green monster, and he's trying to relate to me. Look, I'm 46 years old. 
I have nothing in com in, in common with a 20 year old. But we can find something that we can relate to. And that if, if that 20 year old is a Christian and I'm a Christian, then we have that commonality between us. Now, how can we communicate? Well, memes might be a good way for that. Memes might actually might actually work there as well. But there are some drawbacks. There are some drawbacks. Folks, oversimplification and misinterpretation. So the brevity and the humor in memes might lead to this oversimplification of theological ideas potentially causing misconception. Uh, well, let's go read. I'm going to go to Second Peter. Chapter 3, I, Tony, 2 Peter 3.16. I'll get to it in a second. So, listen to this. As also in all his epistles, speaking in them, of thing or speaking of them or speaking in them of these things in which some things are hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest as they do also in other scriptures unto their own destruction. Folks, the scriptures can be misinterpreted even when they're just the scriptures. Hello, Susan Marie. So if we take the scriptures and we take a scriptural truth and we distill it down, it's we got to be very, very careful of not being misleading with it. And you, you know how often I talk about uh, the Lord's church and the way baptism is taught, the way we use, I think, I think if we don't watch it, we, we teach a works, excuse me. See, that's where I got to be. We, communication is important. I don't think we teach a work salvation. I think we come across as teaching a work salvation. I believe it sounds like to a lot of people, we believe that you can work your way into heaven. Folks, that may be because we have tried to distill these abstract and, 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 and nuanced godly principles and theology down into bite-sized nuggets such as memes or list, list of steps, and they are not adequately complex enough to convey the deep spiritual meaning that the scriptures are able to convey. And if you'll notice what Peter said, even the scriptures can be twisted. So how much more so do we run the risk of oversimplification and misinterpretation if we distill the scriptures and scriptural principles and doctrinal principles down to a meme. Um, remember, the tone and context in which memes are shared also pose a risk of misunderstanding, underscoring the importance of sound doctrine, as emphasized in 2 Timothy 4. Preach the word, be instant in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. Why? Because the time will come and they will not endure sound doctrine, but will after their own lust heap unto themselves teachers having itching ears. Again, if the scriptures themselves, 
that are given to us by the Holy Spirit of God are hard enough for people to understand. Do we think we can do a better job with a meme? Folks, we've got to be very, very careful. So let's talk about a balanced perspective. The core debate lies in the net impact on the church and spiritual discourse. Do memes offer a net positive by engaging a wider audience or do they risk do they risk diluting the profundity of religious teachings and do they cause more division than they draw people together? Folks, I think about what Paul writes in first Corinthians chapter nine. Let's go read that. First Corinthians chapter nine. Um, I don't know how much of that we'll read. Let's see. That's second Corinthians. I'll get this in a minute, guys. All right. I'm going to I'm going to start in verse 18. What is my reward then? Verily that when I preach the gospel I may make the gospel of Christ without charge. I abuse not my power in the gospel. For though I be free from all men, yet have I made myself servant unto all that I might gain the more. And unto the Jew I became a Jew, and I might gain the Jews, and to them that are under the law, as under the law, that I might gain them that are under the law. To them that are without the law, as without the law, being not without the law unto God, but under the law of uh, to Christ, that I might gain them that are without the law. To the weak I became as weak, that I might gain the weak. I am made all things to all men that I might by all means save some, and this I do for the gospel's sake, that I might be partaker thereof with you. Folks, we got to be careful of how we're taken. We got to be careful of alienating and disenfranchising and disheartening. What about old Tony Brewer? That's me, by the way. Have I always done the right thing? Have I always shared the right thing? Have I always promoted the right thing? Let me tell you, when I first got on social media, I didn't know what I was doing. I just dove off with both feet, head first. Well, that's mixing metaphors. I dove off. I hit the ground running. I dove in head first, all whatever metaphor you need. And I didn't do everything I, I didn't do everything I should have done. I did a whole lot of things I shouldn't have done. Probably hurt some people along the way. But you live and learn. I think about David. It was good. It was good that was in his heart whenever he wanted to build a temple for God. But God wouldn't let him do it. So it was good that was in my heart. I'm not saying that that if you share a meme that that just totally makes everybody mad. I'm not saying that you did that on purpose, but you can't negate the fact that you shared a meme that made everybody mad. And I would share some memes in the beginning, and if it made people mad, I would be like, "Well, that's just 
you know, go kick rocks. That's your problem. Now, I do still have the attitude that you cannot please everybody. So I'm careful as far as what I put online and I weigh and I consider, and I'm still going to make people mad. How much more so would you divide and make people angry if you weren't cognizant of that fact and you didn't weigh and consider? I put forth to you, you do a lot of damage. Now, I guess the balanced perspective, we got to weigh the impact. I, you know, the, what I feel about the internet as ironic as this is, I, as, as ironic as my conclusion is because I'm on the internet everywhere. You can't, I mean, I'm, I'm ev everywhere folks. I still think it's a net negative. I think we were better off when we didn't have Facebook and, and, and YouTube and all this. So here's some of my concluding thoughts. While memes offer a novel way to engage with and disseminate spiritual teachings, their use calls for balance. Embracing the benefits of memes and making spirituality accessible and engaging must be counterbalanced with the commitment to depth and reverence in religious teachings. As digital culture continues to evolve, so too must our approach to sharing and understanding the timeless truths of faith. As this digital space evolves, and I know what you're thinking, well, Tony, we've been in this space a long time. Relatively speaking, we have not. Relatively speaking, we have just inhaled and we haven't even exhaled yet. That's about how long we've been on social media in comparison to, the, to how long we've been communicating with language. Folks, this is a brand new thing, and we've got we to gotta be real with it. we got to be real with the shortfalls, and we we got to be real with the benefits. Now, does sharing memes, does it expedite or does it cause an impediment in carrying out the Great Commission? I can't answer that for you. It may be that the congregation where you attend, the elders come to you and say, hey, listen, we, we, we appreciate what you're doing, but you are causing more harm than good for the local congregation with your behavior on Facebook and the memes that you share. So we want you to stop doing that. You understand they have the authority to do that. Good morning. Some memes state the truth, but sometimes the truth spoken in social media circles will not bring the desired result. Our desire should be to influence and lead others to the truth, but blunt truths without conversation uh, relationships can often be offensive and, and alienating. Yes. Look, he, here's Okay. I'm going to say something, and for those in my audience that are not members of the Church of Christ, that what I'm about to say has no bearing at all on what I think of you and how much I appreciate you being in the audience. I believe that the Church of Christ is the church that Jesus built, the church about which he spake when he said, upon this rock I will build my church. 
I do believe that there are very, very genuine people who love God and Jesus who are who are morally upright people, but who are wrong in their doctrine to the point where they're not going to spend eternity in heaven. Now, that's a very, very tactical way of me saying, I think the church of Christ is the only one going to heaven. Which is which is easier? Which which is which which leaves more of a conversation? Which which leaves more room for a conversation? Hey, I think if you're not a member of the Church of Christ, you're going to hell. Or I believe that the church that Jesus built, the one about which he spake when he said, Upon this rock I will build my church, can be found today. And while I cannot vouch for very many congregations, the congregations that I've been a part of, the congregations that I've that, that, that I've personally known, of them, I can give you a list of those who are actually owned by Christ. And I know for a fact that when Jesus returns, he's going to be getting those congregations who were all part of the church that Jesus spake of when he said, upon this rock, I will build my church. Now, one, one statement is mimetic. It's easy to mean. Well, if you're not a member of the church of Christ, you're going to hell. The other statement's too much. It's too abstract. It's too complex to boil down into a meme or to boil down into a meme that's able to do any good. So yeah, I, I, Lavinia hit a good point there. Maybe these blunt truths, maybe these truths that are hard to bear, maybe you save them for personal relationships or, or, or the context of a personal relationship and face-to-face -face conversation. Maybe the memes that you share are these truths from the Bible that, like for instance, Jesus loves you and wants you to follow him. Jesus wants you to obey the gospel and, and be careful in, in the means that you share and how blunt the truth is, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Now that doesn't, and I, and again, you may leave the live stream and be like, well, Tony's just too liberal. Tony doesn't have a backbone. Tony's too much of a scaredy, fraidy pants to rock the boat. And he's scared. Let me tell you something. All you got to do is talk to you can talk to the people that absolutely hate my guts. And even the people that hate my guts, they're, they're going to tell you I'm not afraid of anything. So understand it has nothing to do with the size of your backbone. If you say, you know what? As much as I agree with this meme and as much as this meme teaches the truth, I think maybe I'll observe the Passover on it and I will reserve the, the dissemination of this truth for the context of a personal relationship and a Bible study that's face-to-face -face, or at least through a video chat. Evidently, I, evidently I, I picked up, or I, I, well, I cannot English. Why have I lost the ability to talk? Lavinia Jenkins said, absolutely. What I'm trying to say is what I got from her saying absolutely is that I understood what she said, <laughs> that that's that I adequately represented 
the message she wanted to convey in her comment. Yeah, I got it. I still ain't a hundred percent, my 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 folks, um, but I'm like a whole lot better. Y'all, we had like eight or nine people absent yesterday, and we still had a full house at the Riverview Church of Christ. That's amazing to me. I'm still kind of flying high off that. And the reason I said that we got a bunch of people out sick, and when we got one fan was on vacation. Jokers went on vacation to Orlando, Florida. Going to come back telling about stories of warm weather and good food. All right. I'm done talking about memes. Listen, don't stop sharing memes. Just be careful with the ones you share. Be careful how you interact with them. Don't assume the worst. Don't assume that the person that shared the meme that has offended you greatly uh, they probably are not meaning the meme in a way that offends you. And that's all I've got. I really appreciate I think Lavinia's comment probably should have been the focus of the show. Some I'm going to read it again. Some memes state the truth, but sometimes the truth spoken in social media circles, they're not going to bring any, it's not going to bring the desired result. Our desire should be to influence or lead others to the truth. But those blunt truths without conversations and relationships can often be offensive and, and alienating. That's it. Oh, watch this. Knock, knock, knock. Hey, what's up? My name's Tony Brewer, and I'm from the such-and-such such Church of Christ. We're just wanting to invite you to our gospel meeting and see if you would like to have a Bible study. Well, I'm a member of the Baptist Church down the road, so I appreciate it, but we like our church family, and, and and we'll study with our pastor with the Bible, but I may come down to the gospel meeting. If maybe. I don't know. Well, all right. So, uh, you know, that's, that's okay if you don't want to study the Bible. Uh, you know you're going to hell because you're not a member of the Church of Christ, and if you ever decide you don't want to go to hell, here's my card. You can call me. I mean, that's the way some people think that you ought to communicate the truth. I just don't think it ought to be done that way. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Anyway, and there's there's another there's another right there. It's, we as Christians shouldn't be as easily offended as we are. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That's what more can you say about that one? It's true, including myself. I'm, I'm not I'm not immune to this. I've I've gotten all up in my feels sometimes about what I've read online, but then you know what? That person is probably not thinking about me. Oh man. I can't remember who said this, but you know, you'll be a lot happier and you won't, you won't worry so much about what people think of you when you understand how little people think of you. <laughs> All right, folks, thank you so much. If this podcast episode was good at all, it's because of y'all and your comments. Thank you so much. Be sure and like, subscribe, and share. If you like what we do, you can send some money through the tip jar there or go to the show notes and you, you can you can see how to do the buy me a coffee in the Patreon. Uh, pray for us. Uh, share. Subscribe to Christianity Now on Substack. And... Uh, 
join the Christianity Now YouTube or uh, Christianity Now Facebook group. Uh, this has been Tony Brewer with Cogitations. God bless every one of you. Podbean, Apple Podcast, Spotify, and TuneIn Radio if you want to subscribe there. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you on the flip side.